1: Good evening, and welcome to Marlin 02148. I'm your host this evening, Ed Lucy, and my guest is Marlin State Representative Steve Eltrino. Yes. But before we get on to the news of the day, I'd just like to have a couple of quick uh, service announcements. Uh, since this really is a time of the year when there are a lot of people who uh, have less than the more unfortunate ones among us, um, there are several opportunities for local residents to uh, assistance, various ways of helping out people who are in need for this Christmas season. For, for instance, the Marlin Corners Club and the Marlin Chamber of Commerce are teaming up for the second year in a row for a citywide gift drive to t- support local Marlin children. Businesses across Marlin have signed up on a to host a colorful toy box for the holiday season, encouraging visitors and staff to donate items needed for local kids and, and teens. As the boxes filled, businesses can reach out to the chamber to have their boxes emptied, with Yankee Pest Control managing the gift pickup and the storage. A portion of the donated items will benefit Malden Housing Family Toy Drive, with the remainder going to local Malden families through a partnership with the Malden Public School System. Uh, so you have choices here of uh, giving the toys that you see. Uh, or the gifts you want to make to, to local businesses that have boxes situated in the business. But there's also the Malden Public Library um, is looking for contributions for the Salvation Army's work in Malden by donating the following items. Peanut butter, tuna, mayonnaise, jelly, oatmeal, macaroni and cheese, spaghetti sauce and pasta. Uh, uh, donations of ethnic foods are also in curries. The collection container is located on the main floor of the Mall and public Library, opposite the circulation desk, and that's of course, right across from the high school and um, finally, the, the Salvation Army Angel Tree program seeking sponsors. Community members may select a paper angel from among those adorning the, the angel tree at the Mall and Public Library at thirty six Salem Street. Each angel represents a child and includes information such as their first name, age gender and a gift idea presents should not be wrapped Sponsors may drop off the gifts with its angel tag at the library circulation desk, up to including December 16th it's for distribution to the Army Salvation Army's toy stores. anyway hopefully those of you that are listening some of you may feel this would be a good opportunity and uh, with the Salvation Army uh, obviously uh, one option is what they're requesting but they certainly wouldn't also, appreciate you to check if all the corners would as well right anyway, so now stephen um <laughs> stephen you an interesting background you've been climbing the ladder to start with uh, Steve served in the mall Fund. just to refresh your memory for the people out there because uh, no, not all of Marlin is part of your district, you're the Marlin right. representative, but Mall is in a situation similar to a lot of communities where you have more vote more population than You need for a representative, so the city gets divided up a little bit. In your case, you're the more than representative. And what is your district?
0: Well, I represent um, all of wards 2, 4, 6, and 8. All the even numbers.
1: All the even numbers.
0: (laughs) I didn't realize Yeah. Yeah. There's a fly in the studio here. must be left over from the summer. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And I have uh, Ward 3, Precinct 1, Ward 5, Precinct 1, and 7, 2.
1: 2 Right. Okay. And the, Yeah,
0: it's about 40... We got a uh, letter, actually, a couple of weeks ago from our redistricting committee, because the 2020 census is a few years away. Yeah. And, you know, they they would... They look at your district having between maybe 40 and 45,000.
1: Yeah, 10% usually up and down. Right. Yeah. So I'm at
0: probably around 43-ish and change yeah. of residents and... Um, you know, we are growing, as you know, with the apartments and stuff like that. So it would be interesting when the census yeah, is complete. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're projecting that my district projection would be about 44-ish. So yeah. I don't know if there will be any major changes. But um, I know Rep Broder's district, who covers Melrose and 1 Precinct in Malden, is significantly right. higher and and Reptonado's growing a lot. He's got about a thousand units in Wellington and Meadow Glen Mall area.
1: And growing so. Uh, Ward one, Ward two? He cut and co- one, two, seven. No, he has
0: all of one. He has three, two, and seven, one.
1: Oh, you have. I'm sorry. You have Ward You have two. Yeah, one. I wouldn't be here if we yeah. he didn't have yeah, Ward yeah, two. Well. <laughs> well, interesting enough. Right. Uh, there were some uh, political people who uh, won't won't have an opportunity because, as you just mentioned the Mer- the melrose representative represents one precinct in all five two. the Forest Hill section right and there were there were several people who uh um, politically active in recent years who might have considered running yes if and when the circumstances allowed them to and that right. that option didn't come up because that one part of melrose right. was put in with melrose so mm-hmm. so actually mallen and senske has three representatives they do yeah. and
0: they do and um you know we're we're what 62,000 or so residents um, so, you know, some of my colleagues share districts. The nice thing about my seat is I just stay in Malden. Yeah. So, you know, for me to knock doors in Medford, a precinct of Medford, or Everett, or wherever, I'd rather be honest with you and stay in the Malden yeah. Uh, yeah. city, so.
1: I mentioned with Steve, uh, his first venture in the politics was being elected to the school committee. Right. And uh, one advantage he had over sometimes when people do get elected to the school committee, he had a has a background in, in education as an administrator for a parochial school.
0: Right, teaching and then administrator, yeah, right?
1: And then um, at that point, you, you kind of have an added insight into what the the, the issues are with schools and education right. process. And um, so uh, at that point, he went from the school committee to the city council. So he got got the other side of the issues, right. uh, uh, the non-school part of it, and now he's a state representative. But, You know, um, uh, the insight I mentioned about the school committee is that you're in a situation where having some professional background, uh, you really can have a a quick grasp of some of those issues. Right. And with the school uh, budget, you're beholden to the city budget. Correct, yeah. So then you get to be a city councilor, and uh, your existence is somewhat impacted by the state budget. Correct. (laughs) And, (laughs) And now you're in the state house, and you're... Everybody's looking for them to provide the monies to do all the things that they want to do. Right, and we're looking say. to the feds yeah. for the yeah. money. Yeah, so. and that's not getting so good. No, either. that's not
0: going to yeah. be an easy yeah. job but, the next year or so.
1: Right. Did, did you did you get a sense uh, once you got on the school committee here in the, on the, in the, in the mall that there were uh, things that. Uh, you saw that they do in uh, Saint Mary's, where you were the p- a principal in, in Winchester. They could fit into a, mo- a public school program.
0: Well, you know, uh, we didn't. You know, so if you look at standardized testing, we had our own version of standardized testing. You know, uh, at that time it was the um, oh, what was the t- the Terra Novas, which now it's changed a few times. Um, you know, we didn't have a uh, many special education students because we didn't have the. Uh, the staff or the training for it, yeah. but when it comes to school safety, and the importance of policy, the you know, the budget was number of students I had. It was tuition based, so yeah. you know, uh, having a strict budget, yeah. you know, personnel hiring. I I required certified, state certified teachers when I was principal. Yeah. So there are some similarities, but when you're a principal of a small school like that, you are it. Yeah. So you couldn't turn to maybe a board or, um, you know, some advice from others in the school, you're, you're yeah. it. So, uh, w-
1: what was the school population?
0: When I was principal, I hit 219, and that was preschool to fifth grade.
1: Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. so that was really relatively small, uh, you know. I was to, yeah. I was a,
0: that was a good number for uh, yeah. preschool to fifth grade. Yeah, 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 yeah. And before that, I taught at Malden Catholic, yeah, so. I remember that,
1: yeah. yeah. Now, now you're... Um, you move from there to the city council.
0: I did, yeah.
1: Now you're on the other side of the table trying to explain to the people in the school why they can't get all the money they right, want. Right, they asked for?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because, you, you know, it's easy to blame the next. So if your school committee say, well, the city council or the mayor's not giving us the money, and then when you're on city council, you say, well, the state's not giving us the money, and now as a state rep, I'm saying, well, yeah. the feds aren't giving us the money. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? They're all right yeah. in a way. And um, – the state budget's very complicated, as you know, because you were a state representative at one point. Yeah. And I'm sure the federal budget for Congress folks and senators are. But
1: we're witnessing now with the tax reform. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, there's been, there was some um, article written today. Uh, they interviewed Deb Goldberg, our treasurer. And, you know, they're nervous about the new uh, tax law that if if it goes through, especially with taxes on capital gains and, and what have you, because. You know we rely on federal support, but I think more important. I'm on healthcare finance as one of my committees. Is we're just baffled right now because we receive billions in reimbursements from the feds. Um, If we lose that, um, that would cripple us first of all, or we would have to cut a lot of our services. But right now we're trying to fund the child, the children's program that uh, the president has decided to cut. So if we fund that, which is um, health care for low-income children, you're looking at $300 million the state of Massachusetts is going to have to fund
1: that. I see. So you're fund saying, that. Uh, well, when you say we, you mean the state of Massachusetts? Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, what's a little baffling to me is, uh, uh, I, it's, I know it's a very complicated process with with this uh, tax First of all, uh, and the dynamics work similar whether you're state trying to reconcile a budget or at the, right. the federal level uh, in that uh, you have at, in the current basis with the bills, uh, the Senate version is one, one thing that's uh, – Right. And the, and the House version is, is certainly some major differences. And then you get to the dynamics of the, the, the interest, whether it's California's uh, congressmen or New York Right. Republicans who were trying to protect, get the deductions for the state taxes and the real estate taxes can still be concluded. But everybody seems to be in agreement, or pretty much anybody that's paying any attention to it, that if this were to go through it, w- it, whether the House version or the Senate version or a combination of the two, there literally is going to be a deficit increase in the federal level.
0: $1.5 uh, according to the CBO. Yeah, but that's CBO. over 10 years. Over 10 years, yeah.
1: yeah. But that would obviously mean that if the feds have less money because of all these changes that are going to benefit various groups, that means there's less money to pass down to the states, which means the states are, who are desperate now in right. some ways in terms of some of the needs that haven't been addressed at the state level, uh, it's going to be that much right. more difficult. I don't, I don't quite have, it's it's going to work
0: out that way. No, and you know, the feds can run a deficit budget. The state and the city, as you know, as being right. a former mayor, right. we cannot run a deficit yeah, yeah. And, um, or print our own money. Or, you know, so uh, it, it it's really baffling. Yeah. I'll be very honest with you. We, we're we trying to do projections for the FY19 budget. Well, you know, that that's it's going to be difficult yeah. because we don't know what's going to be.
1: Well, in fact, this year uh, for, for uh, FY 2018, right. um, you used some of the rainy day fund to balance out the state budget, wasn't it? This no. Year? Oh, not this year. No. No, no we budget? haven't
0: done that. No. But, it, but the year
1: before they did.
0: Um, was it the year before that? No, we we've, we've been able to add, uh, you know, capital gains tax. We were pu- we were putting. We a- actually added. Oh, uh, over the last few years, yeah. we we try to budget a hundred million yeah. into it, and um, so we're actually rebuilding that I rainy okay. day well, fund. My it's about a billion four now. Yeah. Yeah. How much is it? A, a billion four. I one see.
1: point okay. four. Um, uh, um, the other thing is your name has been in the newspaper along with Senator. Um, um, it flies. Yeah, up that's to get One of us <laughs> uh, to. Uh, I don't know, it Must be something that uh, is in the air, or he right. doesn't agree with me. Whatever. <laughs> but anyway, um, when the budget uh, goes to the, uh, the the governor submits the budget, then the, you pass the budget. And, and yeah, there's and, and a few. Then it goes steps. back to the governor, and he knocks. He vetoes some items. We we'll override seen the it. Name attached to some issues locally where you've been able to get the money put back in.
0: Right. So just uh, you know, so f- when the governor submits his budget, it's called House One. It's usually in January. Yeah. It's a nice framework, but as you know, yeah. the reps are doing their own budget in the Senate. So um, once we do and go to conference on the budget, it gets submitted to the governor. Now, he'll try to cut, especially earmarks. So last year we had about $64 million in earmarks. Um, Did and he, am- vetoed? That he vetoed? he okay. vetoed? Well, he vetoed about, oh, geez, 300 and something million. Oh, okay. And $64 million were earmarks, such as, you know, Money for, say, a senior center, or money for the library, or you know, local projects, which I believe are very important. Um, So we'll override it, but he'll go in a nine C cut in the in the the categories he's allowed to, which is many categories. So this year he hasn't a nine C cut because the revenues have been increased uh, this year, but. Some money we've been able to, as of right now, submit for spending, you know, whether it's money for housing families, whether it's money for um, the high school to teen uh, health center that the mayor's interested in building, And, and then Portal to Hope, which is a very important domestic violence program. So right now, we're trying to submit that money so that these agencies can run, so he hasn't... Really mentioned through a and F that he 's going to nine c cut them he can do it at any time he can do it the day before the budget ends, but we are you know having those agencies trying to at least expend that money
1: so if if um, if you override his veto right um, and it's which
0: we did about uh, a little under three hundred million right. we overrode a significant amount
1: okay yeah um, do those people Get the money right away? No. They
0: don't. No, because so he can either 9C cut it or it has to be expended through A&F. A- okay. And in order to get it through A&F, the governor has a significant say because the secretary of A&F reports to the governor. Right. But, you know, we put pressure on between the House and the Senate yeah. to expend that money.
1: Right. Yeah. But uh, uh, um, So unless he says he's not doing it, the assumption is they're going to get the money. Right. But they don't get it then. They don't get it piecemeal. They they get it at some point if they get it at all. Right. So some yeah. some of those agencies, if they were um, it relying cripples, on that yeah. budget to uh, maintain right. their operation, they would have a difficult situation right. at least temporarily. Yeah. And there's
0: one that I mentioned which would probably have to shut down yeah. if they didn't get that yeah. uh, that money. Yeah. So, you know, and... in you know, I get calls all oh, these earmarks. These, I, you know, we just had a, a a bond bill that we passed, a three point five billion dollar bond bill, and we put a lot of stuff in there. And some people say, and, and I got a, a million dollars for lead pipe, um, which is a significant problem in Malden. And some people say oh, that's phony money because it'll never be expended. And the governor never approved it. Well, the governor won't even have the choice if I don't get it into the bond yeah. bill. And once the Senate approves it, that's when we start. Um, but no one, I think, better knows in the legislature what a community needs but the state rep. Yeah. You know, and I speak to the mayor all the time, the school department, and counselors, and school committee, and, and, and I don't put in fluff. You know, replacing lead pipes is not fluff. It's a safety, public safety issue yeah. you know i'm not asking to you know put flowers up uh, and spend million dollars on flowers i'm i'm asking for people's safety so you know hopefully it gets to the governor now he could say i'm not spending any of it but i'm going to put pressure on him yeah you know because this is not it's not fluff so you know we'll get criticized oh you're throwing in all these earmarks yeah. i i don't waste time putting in earmarks that are not critical yeah. or important to the people of marlon
1: yeah. The other thing, as you mentioned, the governor hes just informally, which basically is a formal intention. He's going to run for re-election, right. which is no, no surprise there. Right, yep. I think at this point we have three prospective Democrats. Correct, three. Participating. They may yep. have an opportunity to run against them. Mm-hmm. Um and in politics sometimes, uh, even though the election isn't for a year, it's that's a short time. It a lot is, of ways. especially you you, financially. Yeah, you have to prepare ahead. Yeah. Uh, do you see anybody else coming out of the uh, uh, woodworkers or uh, uh, coming out unexpectedly? You know, to, you know
0: it's it's possible. Yeah. I haven't heard anything, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. But, you know, you're, you're going to run against a governor with high ratings and someone who has $6, 7000000 million in his campaign account, yeah. Yeah. which um, – you know, neither of those three have even anything close to Good. that. Yeah. So, uh, and nor the state Democratic committee. So, uh, I'm not sure if someone does, unless they're going to fund their own campaign. I, I don't know. Maybe.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> <you> no. <know. laughs> They'd have to be a Romney, you right? Know, have him change bodies. right? Back. And, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I just I,
0: don't I, see uh, anyone, but I, you know, I could be wrong. So, yeah,
1: well, like you said, it's. Um, uh, a year away isn't uh, as long on the calendar as it is in, in the campaign. Yeah. And then obviously the part of the beginning is where does the money come from to do a credible campaign? And then where do you start with as someone who's got uh, statewide ex- visibility or well-known? I mean, as it is, we've got a mayor of Newton running. Right. Yep.
0: And, and the... Uh, uh, former Secretary of A&F, right. Jay Gonzalez, who yeah. was under Patrick, and Bob Massey, who environmentalist. had been environmental before, not, known, not known.
1: No. In fact, I think doesn't he, have he has practices? some money,
0: too. I'm not sure. That's a yeah. good question. Yeah, I don't know. some kind of uh, – uh, yeah. but
1: uh, he ran before. Oh, did he? Yeah, I don't – And um, the, he, uh, uh, he's a Cambridge guy, as everything. Yeah, he's made
0: his money in – the private sector i think he was an environmental consultant or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. but uh, you know i i you know i'll support the democratic nominee yeah. i just don't know at this point who it would be yeah. so
1: i uh thinking back when governor welt ran the first time he ran, he ran i don't know if you can maybe you wouldn't even recall this mm. that he ran for attorney general oh okay and he lost very badly
0: did he yeah
1: and which was a surprise i think it was uh, could have been Frank Pilati, Maybe was the Attorney General at the time. But anyway,
0: you're talking the late '80s, maybe.
1: Um, now? No, this was back in uh, the '70s. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Sure. But no. I'm sorry. I, I was I was thinking about something else. You're right. It, it, it was in the '80s. But what was kind of interesting? He lost very badly, and yet he became um, uh, got elected governor. Right. And then the second term, uh, the, the, re- the Democrats, if I'm not mistaken. Had a, a state representative named Roosevelt, who was his opponent, mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't. It was again. He had a high favorable rating. Right. The dem The Democrat didn't. Uh, he had a, uh, the government had a good working relationship with Democrats in the state house, and. Uh, Literally uh, and ironically, for a state that's supposed to be so democratic, Roosevelt was like a like a sacrificial lamb. Hmm. And the only good news that came out of it for him, I think he ended up as the superintendent of schools in Pittsburgh. What do you oh, know? really? I think oh. so. Yeah. But <laughs> but fast forward now. Um, same thing with the current governor. He had an opportunity to run before. He did badly in terms of the the results. And right. yet, Then once he gets elected, now he's got this uh, position where uh, surveys suggest he's one of the most.
0: Popular. Highest rated, maybe,
1: yeah. you know, in terms of governors across the country. Right. So, right. And, and uh, none of the three people who are um, potentially his opponents at this point are in a situation where they can call on a large group of voters. Right. As a matter of fact, I was in the, uh, um, his second term. I was um, I was, <laughs> to tell you a little war story. I was in the office about 6 or 7 o'clock at night. I was the mayor at the time. And um, my phone rings, and it's Governor Well. Really, and uh, he was looking for my support, or uh, you know, public support. Oh, okay. And at that time, he, there was a a, a a group of, as I recall, about ten or eleven mayors who, democratic people, who stood with him as a group, supporting him for his reelection. Oh, okay. And at the time, I said, "Well, I, I think you you don't have to need my support. I think you're uh, uh, you're, you're, sure, you're almost assured of winning." And I said, "But." I'm not going right. to publicly endorse like. him, yeah. I didn't say he didn't vote me, but he said I'm not going to support right. the public. But anyway, right. so I'm saying, wow, that's surprising. Here's a, I, I felt like saying, why would you call this office at this time? And i expect someone to pick it up other than the janitor. Right. right? <laughs> but anyway, so uh, <laughs> it'll be an interesting election. He's had two issues recently uh, that he kind of handled differently than I would have uh, expected. Number one is... He came up very forcefully on the Senate president's issue about him stepping aside right, and maybe I could touch on that a little bit later, Yep. but I thought on the on the state police issue he kind of tried to hope that would go away. I thought he didn't handle that very publicly yeah that
0: was' an, yeah that was an interesting p r yeah. you know uh, um yeah you know they had the investigation, which yeah. they should have yeah it's something so serious and um you know he's appointed a, a very capable uh, I forget what they call it, Commander or Colonel or yes. um yeah I, it it didn't go away, and I'm glad it didn't yeah, and and it because shouldn't have, it and shouldn't have no, no and, but to I, abuse I your power like that well, yeah. you know, I don't know, it's alleged, I guess, but yeah. um you know, two of them ended up stepping down or retiring, if that's the word, um yeah, I think he could have been a little more forceful you should you're innocent until proven guilty yeah. but he should have said you know you should take a leave and just like rosenberg's doing you should take a leave until uh, these allegations are proven but yeah. they had the chance to retire so yeah. well
1: um, and that was probably the they the even reach, they jumped it up a couple of days with, quicker than they, they were right. supposed to the yeah. schedule but the thing is that um, the, the transparency to me was lacking and more mm-hmm. important than that it was a case of uh, uh, maybe it's unfortunate for the for the for the colonel and his associate who retired. It, it, it wasn't just the individual troopers that were involved; they got the union involved, right? And so the union pl- has played a, a very aggressive, and their attorney apparently has been very aggressive on this suit, right? So it isn't like it's going to go away as as easy as uh, some of these things do. It's going to be a something that's going to be kind of show up now and again. In an, in I, the yeah, I think
0: so. As, yeah. as you know, if they. Dig into that, and well, I don't know what else they'll find. I hope not. You know, yeah. for everyone's sake, there's not a lot, but you know, well, they I made a mistake. It, so I, I,
1: I think it, 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 it suggests that you know people made phone calls and make, make whatever yeah. and call people, and, and I think I think some of that may come out of the um, the Worcester District Attorney Office. Which oh, I think okay. They may have some issues because. Uh, I think some of it maybe came from there as much as it did from, the, right. from other sources. Yeah, but the Rosen, um, the Rosenberg thing is um, is is unique. I don't think I can recall in my memory or in the history of the that you had someone temporarily step aside.
0: Yeah, I don't see the rules are different. So um, if it happened in the House, which it didn't, I just want you know yeah, people yeah. know that it's the Senate is a separate body. The House uh the rules of the house is that the majority leader would take over right. i be- the senate i don't know the senate rules of course and i guess uh even though the senate majority leader did it right. was taken by a vote um
1: it could have been someone else uh, right uh, possibly yeah not.
0: so i think you know what the senate um ended up doing is they know that um the interim president, she's not going – she at 79 years old. She's not going to want to be Senate president. So I think they elected her to say, okay, she'll finish this out, see what the investigation turns. And then I think there are four people, four Democratic senators vying for the president's I, just, seat I knew
1: there were three, one of whom was from yeah, Everett.
0: Yeah, Don, uh, Sal right. um, uh Donahue. Yeah, um, that's the uh, one. She's from uh, Senator um, – Linda uh, oh, she's from said, Boston yeah. area, yeah, yeah. And who's the uh, fourth one? Um, oh, Karen Spilka, who's the uh, Senate uh, chair, of Ways and Means.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, she's been mentioned before as a prospective uh, right. uh, uh, candidate. For so
0: you know, what? they you know they met for eight or nine hours in caucus, yeah. and uh, you know they unanimously elected uh, the current president and the Republicans six votes. Um, which I think was very admirable is the Senate uh, – the minority leader, Bruce Tarr, uh, made a motion to move those votes to make it unanimous yeah. for the new president. So, you know, S- S- Senator Rosenberg, very good guy, very bright man. Um, you know, his his husband, who these allegations are made against, hopefully they're not connected by any means to – you know, did he do stuff to convince – the Senate President to for political favors or whatever the allegations are, so you know they did hire. From what I was read, is they hired an investigator out of state investigator, which is a smart thing to do. Yeah. And uh, he stepped aside. He's still a sitting senator. His salary was taken away. He's, oh, it was. Yeah, the stipend. It's an eighty thousand dollars stipend to be president. So he's his base is like eighty two. So he's at the base. And he still represents the people of
1: his district. And she'll get the 80000
0: Well, she said, you know, it was up in the year. She, she, uh, from what I was told, she hasn't asked for that. Because she hasn't
1: she, even asked for his office because it was a no. question she was going to take his staff or right. not. Nope. Yeah. she. um
0: yeah. I give her a lot of credit. Yeah. I do. Uh, Chandler, yeah. Chandler. And, um, you know, it puts her in a tough spot. I'm sure she wasn't looking at this. Um, and she made it clear that she would not. You know, if if Senator Rosenberg does resign or doesn't take that seat back, she does not want it.
1: Well, that made so, it easy for her to get the job.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. and that you know, yeah. God bless her at seventy nine. I don't know if she'd want yeah. to be Senate president. Well, but, she'd
1: already get five degrees, college degrees, so maybe she'll go back and get a sixth one yeah. instead of doing the job. Yeah, they uh, the uh, the thing that's kind of interesting again in my mind is that this thing could drag out for a while.
0: Yeah, they're hoping for a you know. Um, you know, a speedy process. I'm not sure. You know, I, I know the – so he has two things he has to face. One is his husband has to face allegations, which right. will be done by a private – Right. Uh, but he also has to face the ethics – the Senate Ethics Commission. Right. And um, they want to – they're looking at things because so they could make it tough on him too. I, I don't think they can expel him from the Senate. Right. Um, so if he's faced an ethics charges within his own the own body, uh, I don't know, yeah. you know. But he, um, if he really, my opinion, if he really felt he did something drastically illegal, maybe he would have. Re- he's sixty eight years old. And he's been up there for thirty plus years. Oh, he has been there. Though. Yeah. Well, he was a rep too. Yeah. And um, you know, maybe he would have retired like others in Congress seem to be doing lately. Yeah. Um, but he's sticking it in 80,
1: it. Except in Congress when they get to be 88. Right. It, oh, yes. Kanye's, yeah. Um, the, um, d- do you happen to know, and I haven't read it at all in any of the newspaper articles, what the husband did for a living? I don't know. He to worked be for un- a consulting firm. Yeah, he worked one, for
0: uh, – I, th- I know there was a, a – Problem two years ago, he maybe was. about yeah. and this is what may have led to it right. I think he was working for a communications consultant or something, but maybe. i don 't know what yeah. he yeah. he does for yeah. work yeah. i don't yeah. I don't know the yeah. gentleman yeah. so um, I, I, uh,
1: I think some of uh, one of the things is that um, uh, this, that's that issue with his uh, his husband at mm-hmm. that time surfaced prior to him being elected Senate president right, so at that point he and this is going to i think have some impact. Uh, depending on what comes out of all of this, in that uh, he had said at that time he was going to create a firewall separating his personal life from his right. s- his position as a Senate president. I Actually, I thought at that time that might have derailed him from even getting elected, but it, he, he came out with that uh, statement that they're going to have this firewall. Right. But it appears that that firewall wasn't that strong because the, the issues that did occur some of them appear to have occurred in the State House itself. So it would appear that uh, the partner was in there somewhere at times when, uh, in the, and obviously if he's in the Senate President's office and you whether you're, you're a, a conventional couple or, or, the, or the couple that he and, he and his, his partner were, you're presumed to have some impact on what goes on. You right. know? It's a, certainly with Hillary Clinton, that would be true. Right. <laughs> some no, other I understand. strong yeah. personality. No, it's so, difficult.
0: As, yeah. you know, as you know, being elected in any office it's a strain on family yeah. it really is yeah. um but you know to what extent uh a spouse or family member or anything should have should be zero yeah. Yeah. to be very yeah. honest with you but yeah. um you know we'll see i you know yeah. i think they i give the the senate a lot of credit yeah. you know they jumped on this right away
1: well they don't, i don't and they, 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 had, they no had no
0: choice, choice yeah. but there yeah. there's I know many of the senators on both sides of the aisle, and I think they're they're very admirable, yeah, and, yeah. I, you know, I think they're doing the right thing, um, and, you know, hopefully it gets all worked out, and for the benefit of the uh, – those that have, you know, have um, been hurt by this too, the victims, I hope, you know, yeah. something um, – you know, there's some closure for them as well. I can't imagine what they're going through either. So,
1: well, maybe psychological and not a, not a great deal, but they were impacted maybe by the, the possibility of being infected in their, in their right. careers. By yes, you know. Yep. And uh, but one thing is kind of a separate issue from all of this. Mm-hmm. In one way, is that, uh, and even it's happened to uh, um, uh, one of the. I remember reading articles on, on on Donald Trump before the election about some. Some family deciding what they would do if he were elected president. It was kind of a spoof, right? And one of the questions was the, they had a son, and he was there asking all his questions. And uh, one of the questions the son posed to the, to the to his mother was, "Why does he kiss his daughter on the lips?" And she said, "Well, that's not his daughter; that's his wife." <laughs> yeah, so right. fast forwarding, if when you have, uh, I think at the time that their union was uh, joined. Um, the, the the husband uh, of of the senator was thirty, twenty seven, and he's sixty five at the time, and now he's sixty eight, yeah. and he's thirty, and right. so so if if you can make jokes about a man and a woman being that age different in public life, or as as sometimes referred to in the in the economic end of it, if you're executives, the trophy wife kind right. of thing, and I think. This appears to be an unusual relationship in terms of the age difference. So. Well, he was his
0: former aide at one point. Yeah, in his office, and um, but you know, hey,
1: yeah,
0: I, whatever they do in their personal, people do in their personal life. Right. But if 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 it's any uh, obstruction of, to justice or you know being able to push. Law or policy no, no. forward, then that's wrong. Yeah, I,
1: I'm, you, I'm more inclined at this no. point to suggest that maybe if anything comes out of it that's detrimental to the to the Senate President, it, it might be a, a situation where it's a, it's an error of omission rather than commission. It isn't that he would overtly help. No, just but I but I think that if it, if some ambassador would come out, it may be that he was either in the area where the issues happened or it, it happened at. The, the, the husband tried to have him do have it some influence on, but I'm not convinced he would have been in, in, influenced by that. No. It would have been those, you know, those kinds of things that, depending on who says it and who was there, who, how you would interpret it, and sometimes right. it depends on whether you're a Democrat or Republican, how you view it. You right, know? yeah, now, sure. Now, Senator Frank, and suppose he's going to make an announcement tomorrow, what do you think it's going to be?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think they're up to 20 or 20 something Democrats that have asked for him to resign.
1: Yeah, and the senators from Massachusetts phoned him but weren't there. But they uh, said it. uh, Were those uh,
0: both of them uh, on.
1: Both of them have publicly said they should, but in her case, she ended up uh, calling him and telling him that uh, he should, but she didn't.
0: Yeah, you know, I guess it's a decision he's going to have to make. I can't see. Maybe he. I don't know. I, I, Uh, I. if he's going to resign, then um, the party is fortunate that the governor is Democrat in Minnesota. Yeah. So the, I believe the governor will appoint an interim. Was
1: his Democratic governor? Yes. Oh, so that would make it a little bit uh, e- yeah e- uh, expedient, right. yeah. yeah.
0: But you know, if he does, you know, and um, then others who are guilty of things like that should also either not run for public office. Yeah. Yeah like the gentleman from Alabama, yeah. and uh, or step down if they're, yeah. you know. But, you know, what What bothers me is, you know, uh, I don't care what party it is, yeah. you know, you say one thing and, oh, they should step down, and then they mm-hmm. change. It's, well, the people should decide. Yeah. And um, so it'll be interesting. Yeah.
1: I, I said um, last week I did the show with uh, Joe Panadosia. We did talk about that Senator Moore, mm-hmm. uh, Senator C- Candidate Moore from Alabama. Yeah. And my point was, uh, this flag. I mean, yeah, this that flag. I Yeah, that flag is all Man. over. A, Fortunately, it's there. You know, was, over if your I was side. John L. Sullivan, I could just reach up and grab it like <laughs> they did. It. But anyway, um, I said at the time, the, the, the statute of limitation had, had expired. Okay. On these situations that, have, that have been, he's uh, being accused of. And, uh, and in addition to that... Um, the fact is it's been so vented, if that's the word, that so overused in, 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 in things today. But re- literally that's been true because it was in a national television any, any number of times, all kinds of stations, whether you talk about CNN or, or uh, Fox News, uh, radio commentators. So in my view, if at that point he wins, which I think he will win, Hmm. Then, to me he 's entitled to serve because the people have known all the they can believe what they want to believe and disbelieve what they want to disbelieve but but if the people of Alabama decide he 's their choice to be the senator, then he 's got reasons that he should be uh, not only uh, uh, seated, but I think that he, he uh, there shouldn 't be an effort to force him out yeah. right? and, that, and and what I find kind of interesting over the whole history of our con- of our existence, the United States. I think there's only been like 12 occasions people have been expelled out of the Senate. Really? And all those, yeah. Mm. And and um, I don't know if any of them had to do with the Civil War, but but beyond any of that, uh, you say to yourself, surely there must have been some rascals. <laughs> so, right, yeah. Well, and then you think about in, in, in the Massachusetts, I think Michael Curley was elected to Congress and he was in jail. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't recall them pushing him out. He right. He did I think the uh, he did his time.
0: <laughs> the house, the mass state reps, about three, four years ago, expelled a member. Oh yeah, that
1: was the guy. He went yeah. to jail. He did. Yeah, yeah, I not, was working he at, ran at the house again. You know, last in the, yeah, he lost in the congress in the yeah. council race in Boston. Yeah, 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 I forget
0: what part of Boston he was yeah. from, but I was, uh, you know, I worked at the house of correction for six and a half years before I became state rep. so yeah, yeah. it was an interesting. Uh, yeah, but I. It, that had to be one of the first times in many years. I would think that they've expelled a member. I don't know. I don't remember.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. Um, uh, it's obviously happened uh, from a time to time, but not very often. Right. And and, and uh, um, one of the things that's come out of this Washington situation is it literally been over the years uh, money paid to settle harassment claims. Yeah. uh and uh... so, even when the the party, when oftentimes what it is is, you know, it's like a some of the ones even in the private sector, it's a conf- confidential agreement. So no party is supposed to speak about it publicly, in which case um, people really don't know about it because right. either side. And obviously, the one who's been the the one who's been the uh, maybe the uh, one has been the aggressor is happy to keep it confidential. Right. But uh, now since this has come out, a couple of people have. Admitted that uh, the the senior member of the Congress from uh, Michigan, he's 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 resigned as of this week. Uh, Yeah, today. Yeah, and then you had a congressman from uh, I think Texas announced he's not running for reelection.
0: And he, uh, his victim broke the confidentiality. Yeah, oh, one of them did, and it was uh, they found it when they did it. I think they paid the victim eighty-four thousand dollars. Right, right. So the congressman said, I think it was out of Texas, and the congressman said um, he would reimbursed the taxpayers for oh, that $84,000. He, he was going to take a loan out or something.
1: Well, he'd take it out of his campaign money. Yeah. <laughs> been, he's, yeah. but, a lot hey, of those districts there in Congress, there's very little yeah. opposition. You just yep. you pile up the money.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, the nice thing with Tip O'Neill said, all politics is local. Yeah. I'm happy to serve with uh, many honorable men and women in the House and, uh, and colleagues with many great City Councils and school committee members so right
1: I, yeah. I, uh, think uh, so people, Malden's in good hands yeah I well believe, i so. and i also do, i really do think that um i and I've said this so many times that it, almost everybody that has any interest in what goes on in their government should run once, yeah. Or, yeah. and then they'd appreciate what people go right. through to run, and more important than that, I think for the most part uh, i mean, and I think it's my personal view uh that Most of the people um, in running, they they start out with the intention of doing a a good, honorable job. And sometimes um, being ambitious politically, um, you end up maybe being a little bit less rigid than you might have been if you were a spectator. But the reality, is, I think, for the most part, the people that start out end up, uh, they can walk away with their heads high. They do the best they can. If you don't agree with them, that's because... Maybe they have a different right. slant, and the that's issue good. That you do. Yeah. yeah, that's no yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: you know. Um, but uh, we're very, for- I think, we're very fortunate to have some great people in, in local government here, and Malden's doing very well, I think, because of good leadership. So.
1: Well, the way you said that, I'm not going to ask you who you think might not be in the. Oh case. No, I just, <laughs> everybody, no! Everybody, everybody, yeah, everybody doing a great job. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a let the voters bit. decide that, but <laughs> yeah that's right, well, when that's it comes to allegations and stuff, yeah. we have great yeah. people, yeah. all great people here yeah. Marlin, yeah. so
1: now, the globe yeah. had a uh, I don't even even if you saw it, but the other day they had an article about uh, the plymouth uh um, facility where you go if you're drug addicted,
0: yes, yeah, it's a three. it was a they, very
1: lengthy article. did you yeah. see it in the globe did you? i did, oh, I read you did. it, yeah, yeah. um. A couple of the things stuck out in my mind in the article was that um, that the facility itself is not really licensed per se as a, as a uh, drug recovery program. Right, it's more
0: like a house of correction. Yeah, type and body. act.
1: And that was the the thing is they had the, the, it's only been in existence I think about six months if I read the article could, and they've had um, it is can, now that's a he, he he said she said because. It, supposedly, when the reporters were interviewing uh, either mem- former inmates, as it were, although they're not be technically inmates, they, they, they're in the drug rehab they're, program. Well, they're
0: sent. Well, I believe the court sentenced they them do, to it. They but they have yeah. to.
1: Yeah, but in sending, sensing them, it isn't as if they, the only option is to go there or go to jail. It, it, okay. Some of the family members have encouraged them the ones who were the dope, uh, or, the, or the drug issue, that, that, that this is a, a way to get yourself turned around. Right. And um, they've had, um, it's only been open for six months. It's got a little over 200 beds. Right. Yep. And they just opened a similar facility in uh, Taunton, hmm. uh, with a little bit over, over 100 beds. But in the, in the time it's been open, they've had one suicide. The person was only there three days. And he and he did go there not as a criminal uh, charge is going against but hopefully to try and get his life in order exactly. and his family had had repeated efforts to send him to sober houses and other kinds of situations and, mm. and it just didn't work out and they've had three assaults uh, um, and they had um, some other complaints about quality quantity quality of food and so forth the c- a kind of inter- One thing that's kind of interesting, and, and I don't think it's really done the job that it was sought out to be in a concept- conceptual way, but right. what I think probably is more of a determination that's going to happen as time progresses, to see what the results are of the f- of what, when they follow the program participants later on, how many of them actually right. a, uh, are um, on the straight and narrow, so to speak, right. versus those that end up going to other programs to go back on drugs. Yeah. Uh, well, uh,
0: well, I think the key, the key is how they're run. And, you know, I worked for the sheriff for six and a half years. So I seen – and I ran the education department. Yeah. But I worked hand-in-hand hand with treatment yeah. and, and reentry. So, you know, the, the thing in, in Massachusetts is we have 14 county sheriffs in a department of corrections. We, we – each sheriff runs his or her uh, facility in their own manner. You know, Middlesex, I think, has has done a very good job – a proactive job on drug treatment, addiction, assaultive behavior, etc. So, if you're going to open up treatment centers, which I think we need a lot more of, they need to have, they need to be operated under the same guidelines. And if you have a sheriff who might have a different philosophy, they
1: certainly of, do in some instances, <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: Then another sheriff, then you you're comparing apples and oranges. Right. Um, So, you know, the the criminal justice legislation that we put it, you know, we passed in the House and and it's in conference now um, allows judges to have more flexibility and allows judges to not just sentence but send um, uh, addicted not into houses of correction because we're not an addict, you know, we, we did our best. We had some great employees, but that's not the environment to be uh, to seek treatment. Yeah. You know, criminal behavior, it is, but, um, addiction, no. So I think the Department of Public Health, in conjunction with real, um, uh, people who are knowledgeable in the field, should be the ones running these centers or overseeing them. So I don't want to use, and I'm glad you brought it up, but I don't think this facility in Plymouth, whether the article is accurate or not, I don't know, um, should be to say, well, they don't work. Someone committed suicide in three days, et cetera. Um, and I'm not sure if the sheriff should be overseeing it. I, I think it should be licensed, you know, uh, behavior um, and addiction organizations. Like at the sheriff's department, we used Adcare Hospital, which is very well known for running treatment centers alcohol, or, you know, and they did a fantastic job. They're licensed. They came inside the correctional facility. So we need people like that to run it.
1: Well, and that's the, the interesting thing yeah. is, with the, and aside from all that, there was a lot of ne- negativity with, right. the, with the program in, the, in, in, in uh, uh, Plymouth, is yeah. that the, uh, it's a meals-only uh, facility. Right. They, so they have, they have separate programs for women, mm-hmm. one of which was uh, until recently was Framingham, which right. they now changed that around. But that the uh, they have licensed, qualified kinds of uh, uh, mental health people, right. and because the, the one contrast between uh, the Plymouth program is that they have to literally, for the most part, the people that are committed, they volunteer to go there after court appearances. Uh, they go cold turkey. Yeah, that's which is uh, now right. they're going to they're changing that, but that doesn't t- take effect till next year. So it almost seems to me. That there wasn't a hell of a lot of planning ahead to say, well, right. you know, professionalize the operation and, and uh, right. yeah, we're going to send that fly to Plymouth if I get a hold yeah. of them. <laughs> so it, it's
0: interesting you mentioned cold turkey. So when, when you're sentenced to the uh, House of Correction, you know, we have a – we call it Newman unit because yeah. it was an all-male facility, and it's a 30-day and, – and I would pass by because we would do testing on – recidivism, testing on education and I'd be in the new man unit quite yeah. often and, and there were some uh, inmates that were re- detoxing. Now I uh, you know I witnessed some of them and they look it, it, it's a hell of a process yeah, to be yeah, honest yeah. with you and they um, you know we had medical care there too but you know a house of correction is not the best place for someone to detox. They yeah. should be in a medical facility yeah. and to ch- charge the sheriff's Employees to do that in a correctional facility is not yeah. I believe the best thing to do, yeah. so these treatment facilities should have um, medical staff uh, on because i, I can 't imagine what someone goes through when they 're detox yeah. so quitting cold turkey it 's not like maybe not smoking a cigarette these are some of the uh, people going through detox have, uh, have some real Difficult
1: addiction to deal and it's with. It's not uncommon.
0: No, yeah. so you know I, I don't know what the answer is, but if we're going to open up these facilities, which I hope we do, they need to have some consistent uh, guidelines by public health, yeah. and they should be run by uh, qualified agencies,
1: yeah. and that's not, not the, way, the criminal yeah. justice system. Yeah. And that's not the way it is. I mean, this uh, right. two of the criticisms that seem to be prevalent in the article was one. Uh, they're wearing these uh, red or yellow uniforms. Identify right. them as prisoners. And even though some of them had they don't have criminal charges. They're not there as a sentence. They're there for treatment. Right. The second one is that they, um, it's it's apparently a very rustic area. So there were instances previously when they first were there, they were, they could easily walk away. Right. And so what that they've done now is they put barbed wire around the place. So now it's, you feel like you're in a prison right. more than you're in a, in a rehab yeah. program. But yeah. anyway. maybe
0: some. You know, I'm not a an addiction specialist. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm not knocking the sheriffs. I think the sheriffs do the best they can. But you know, you look like we're trying to pass legislation on part of this is those that are those inmates that are have less than six months to live. Because of you know their uh, their illness and compassionate care and all that, and uh, they're in a correctional facility you know they're some of them are comatose and what really? and you know the sheriffs are like, do you know how much we're paying for medical care? Yeah. They should not be in a house of correction right. um, they should be in a in maybe a medical facility because you know these are folks that won't live past yeah. six months yeah. um, so the sheriff's you know they're tasked with so much you know and the suicide suicide's an awful awful uh, uh thing that happens and it happens with inmates and it happens with correctional staff too which is another issue um but we don't know the situation why that person committed suicide and um and i was around inmates for six and a half years and you know, there are some that really have some severe mental illness, well, that's, and that's, a correctional facility is, little, is not, not what yeah, they
1: – That's one of the criticisms. And Bridgewater <laughs> yeah. can only do so much, yeah, you know. Yeah, he was only there three days. But yeah. the, the the issue in prisons, whether it's at the county level or the state level or the federal level, but but more, more at the state and, and county right. – is that uh, uh, the, the disproportionate number of people who have mental, uh, mental issues, yeah. and then you combine that, some instances for them and other m- inmates who have drug issues, uh, so they, you have a lot of people that need a lot of s- support system, which isn't always available. Not in the community.
0: You know, when they closed down, you know, all the, the mental health, uh, the, yeah. under, was it Dukakis, when they closed a lot of the yeah. state hospitals, they said, well, there should be support in the community. absolutely. But I'm not sure that the funding went to support uh, folks in the community, and instead, yeah,
1: that happened in Malden. right? They were going to make a um, um, at that time. St. Joseph's had a, um, a nun residence on the grounds. Oh, okay, and they were uh, going to end up uh, using it as a uh, group residency. Oh, okay, and um, I was on the city council at the time, and it was it was probably the highest level of emotions other than. In some some years when you were cutting people out, like firefighters right, and police of course people, that yeah. work. It was work, that was really tra- tra- traumatic, too. But our teachers, obviously, as mm-hmm. well. But in that issue, and among the people in the neighborhood, it was really... A, uh, really, yeah. It was mishandled by the church in some way. But I think regardless of what they did, they, they, no one would have given a long support that they right. lived on Dodge Street or lived on Stanton right. Street. It was really a... And it yeah. ended up... Um, it didn't come to... For the for the Saint Joseph was a good deal because they were going to get a building that was run down but to be rehabbed, and they were going to get a, r- a rental source. And for the people coming out of the state institutions, it would have been a, a, a site that would have been close to bus lines and to other right. things, and in the metropolitan areas. Sort of and then uh, it, it became a, a big problem. Then ended up it turns out that Jim Kelly, who was the chairman of Ways and Means in the Senate. Uh, had a financial interest in the company that was being funded, oh, so wow. there was another problem with yeah. that. But anyway, it never right. it, it never came to But right. you mentioned your six and a half years um, as as a in that position with the mm-hmm. county. What would be the typical profile of the of the person that you were dealing with? In just are they just male? Yeah, in Bill Ricker, they're yeah. male. That's yes, right. You okay.
0: know. Um, yeah. so in the county house of correction by state statute, it, it's those that are. Set, uh, Sentences of two and a half Three years are or or right, So most of our inmates uh, in Bill Ricker, and I don't speak for other facilities because yeah. I don't, you know, uh, probably drug offenses. Yeah. You know, some some assaultive behavior. Um,
1: Mostly younger?
0: No. In Middlesex, our average oh. age was um, a little older, I'd say, in the mid to late 30s. Oh, that's Yeah, so every county has their own yeah. statistics. But ours were probably... I want to say it was like thirty four or thirty five at the time. this is three or four years ago, yes, yeah' cause I like number you know I like to know the statistics yeah and um so the um so we had and we had a higher population of white in middlesex county so but i 'd say most of them, for some reason why they're in there was from addiction issues and some mental health issues yeah, yeah. and you had we had a, a separate section for uh, sex offense yeah. And a lot of that um, was uh, Internet-related, and many of them never even met their victim. It was all – it was uh, child porn or disseminating child porn. And uh, so, you know, we had a mixture of – but I'd say, Mayor, that the bulk of those that are incarcerated, besides mental health, have addiction issues.
1: yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, the there's a but you also had a program for GEDs too. Yes, I you? ran that. Yeah. Was yep. that successful? Yes, it, it was. was. Yeah.
0: yeah. We ran. I started under Sheriff the late Sheriff Depal right, and right. Uh, Sheriff Katusian, who's in there now. Right. And we had, you know, about fourteen to fifteen educational programs yeah. because if you know we found as a risk factor if the recidivism of those coming back is 40% or so, which is not good. It's it's very costly to keep someone incarcerated. And uh, we found that if they, okay, if they're seeking treatment, can they retain a job outside? Well, if they don't even have a high school diploma or GD, the chances of them recidivating is high. So we also had vocational training, um, you know, job resources, resume writing, and and stuff like that. So, you know, whatever it took to, Try to get them not to recidivate.
1: Yeah. Speaking of expenses, the Plymouth program that they they implemented uh, for uh, recently, we were just talking about the the bed cost. They were seventy three thousand dollars a year.
0: Wow, that's a lot. And
1: um, in in reality, unlike most businesses, because the state isn't a business, right? That doesn't include. I'm sure that's if you divide the bed number by the budget, that's what it is. So yeah. It, anyway, but uh, one thing I I don't know if we got one more minute to go, and okay. that is. There's a bill that's pending in the, uh, about people that rent the rooms in the, in uh, Airbus, you know. That kind the Airbnb? Of yeah, where is that at now in the state?
0: Well, they, the, the biggest part of it was the tax on right. it. Yeah. So that uh, was not included in the budget, and, you know, okay. no. Okay. So that's in ways and means okay. to
1: see well, well, what hopefully the tax can, should I can be. talk about that at another meeting. Yeah, sure. In the meantime, Representative, no, we used up the whole hour. Well, that was great. It went by far. Yeah. yeah. I might have you come back and do it an on an encore. I would love to. Very informative. Yeah, thanks and for a, all you and, do, and Mayor, uh, too. So this show, if, if anybody that thinks it uh, might be worth watching, if there is some of it or all of it, it's going to run Saturday and Sunday as well, and locally. And uh, this is my last show, I think, before the holidays. So I look forward to you all have a healthy and an enjoyable. Little- Christmas and a healthy and prosperous New Year. Yes. And that includes the state representative who will be running for re election next year, right? Next too? year, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you for having me. My delight. my yeah.
1: delight. I don't know, you had a lot of information here. No, that's we, right. We didn't get to that. No <laughs>
0: but, problem. Yeah.
1: Yep. yeah but uh, oh. it's a fast hour, and um, sometimes uh, at the end we. Uh